Chapter 4, Max, Friday, May 22nd. Life returns to full motion when Skylar's arm brushes against mine as she runs past me into her uncle. He embraces her and almost lifts her off of the ground. My dad pushes downward on my arm, reminding me that I'm still completely drawn up and in position to shoot again. We have to move. We can't stay out here in the open. My dad reaches down and begins to strip the man I shot of anything useful on his person. I hear another door open. Whoever was inside must have heard the shots. Shit, of course they did. Max, go get the other guy's gun. We pick up two handguns, two extra magazines each, flashlights in their radio units. I stuff a few things in my dad's backpack as he puts the rest in Skylar's backpack. From the little I know about these types of radios, they aren't the greatest quality. The men's uniforms don't match. They literally appear as if they just threw on whatever black clothes that they had in their closet. But before whoever heard us can find us, we take off to the tree line on the opposite side of the building. I nudge Wiley's and my dad's arms as I pass them. We need to pick up the pace. We're at, the heavy, we're at a heavy run and I assume that Skylar won't be able to keep up, but she catches me by surprise. When I turn to look over my shoulder and see that she's right on my tail, barely a second behind. As we're running, I try to wrap my head around what just happened. In the simplest of terms, I just killed a man. I don't have time to sort out what I'm feeling and I know I need to leave it till later when there isn't a chance of our men catching us, but I freaking killed someone. I killed a person. As we reach the tree line, I force myself to focus. I don't have the time or mental capacity to try to process this shit right now. After we ensure that we are completely hidden inside the tree line, we are able to slow to a brisk walk. Even though I'm still working on processing all of this, one thing I know is that I'm glad my dad reacted the way he did back at the house, or I know we wouldn't have made it this far already. I still don't understand why these men are behaving the way they are, but at least I'm with someone that's able to act rationally. We walk for what seems like hours in silence. Finally, my dad puts his hand on my arm to signify that we can stop. The sun is starting to set. We should probably set up camp for the night. With the smallest voice, Skylar replies with a meek, okay. For the first time, I last saw her pained face being held captive by that man. I look at her. She catches my eyes and holds my gaze. The pain and fear has left her face and has been replaced with a hollow stare. She looks at me like a puppy does after it's unsure if it did something wrong. I can't manage to come up with any comforting words, so I simply place my hand on her shoulder in my crappy attempt to console her. I see a glimmer of hopefulness reach her eyes as she pulls me to her and wraps her arms around me. I'm caught off guard at first, but naturally put my arms around her and hold her head against my chest for what seems like the shortest second. She pulls away, and I catch a slight blush reach her face as she turns to go join Wiley and my dad. I wonder if I have that same blush searing my cheeks, too. My dad was clever enough to think of bringing protein bars and a few bottles of water in his backpack. We sit around on two old fallen-down trees and eat our gourmet dinner. I feel the fatigue of the draining day start to sink in. As exhausted by today's events as I am, I know I'll have trouble sleeping, so I take the first shift. We have pretty good protection between these two trees, and if someone were to walk by, they would probably never even notice we were here. Since it's still May, it gets a little chilly at night, so we rummage through our backpacks for extra clothes to stay warm overnight. 
I noticed that the extra sweatshirt in my backpack would make a great pillow, but instead of keeping it for myself, I handed it to Skylar to borrow. She seems appreciative and says in her small voice, thank you. I guess it took almost life-ending event for her self-centered entitlement to go away. Everyone else is soon fast asleep. I assess my surroundings before deciding to get up to stretch my legs. I hop up and slide myself to the other side of the tree. On my way down, I accidentally kick over two of our backpacks. Picking them back up, I realize that a few things fell out of one of them. I whisper out loud, shit, and then I realize it was Skylar's bag. I quickly start shoving her items back inside. When my hand lands on her journal, I hesitate. Before I realize this is my opportunity to peer inside to learn more about this very confusing girl. I flip a few pages in and see an entry from only a few months ago. It's an entry discussing college. She talks about a girl, Ava, in class that always tries to show off all of her expensive things and how all of the guys eat it up and the girls idolize her. Then she talks about a guy who made a pass at her but was a complete jerk about it. She says she would rather be alone than with someone like that. Even though this is really feeding into the who is Skylar Morgan theory, I flip to the end to see a more current entry. I'm surprised to see on the very last page an entry marked today, this freaking afternoon. My heart beats a little harder and I think to myself how I'm thankful the moon is out tonight, brightening up this night sky just enough so I can see to read. It starts out by talking about her idiot friend Haley and her doomed plan to get fake IDs for her birthday. Then it hit me. Today is her birthday. Well, was her birthday since today is pretty much over. Poor girl is one year older and gets to celebrate by fleeing to the boonies and almost being killed. I read more. I feel myself lost in time. Where has the time gone and what have I accomplished? Unhappiness. Life should be full of blissful, complete happiness, right? We only get this one life, this one life to experience all that we can to fulfill our dreams. Today I was surprised to have a very in-depth conversation with Max. We talked about life and happiness. He surprised me. I've always seen him to be this oblivious kid who never thought outside the box. I was completely wrong. Talking to him today, I felt so productive and content. His eyes are so captivating, and when he speaks about something he's passionate about, he doesn't notice that I can't keep my eyes off of him. The way his hair falls over his eyebrows sparks something inside of me. I feel a flush run across my face as I let her words sink in and am harshly brought back to reality by a sudden noise. I instinctively place my hand on my side where my gun is holstered and start checking my surroundings. There's movement and rustling about five feet away, and my heart races until I'm relieved to see a raccoon emerge from the brush. I lightly kick some dirt at him, and he hisses as he turns to waddle away. I shove Skylar's journal back into her backpack and set the backpack neatly on the ground. A few minutes later, my dad stirs. Hey, buddy, you want to give it a shot? I can't seem to fall asleep. You sure? Yeah, that cup of... That third cup of coffee is kicking my ass. As I lay down and close my eyes, I smile, thinking of the words Skylar wrote about me. About me. Someone taps my shoulder, and I roll over to Skylar's unbelievably stunning face looking down at me. She's kneeling beside me, 
Her eyes are the kindest I've ever seen them, completely inviting me in. She places her warm, delicate hand on my cold cheek, and I feel my body ignite from the inside. I place my hand over hers and entwine my fingers throughout hers. I close my eyes slightly to savor this amazingly pleasant moment. What is this that I'm feeling? Is she feeling it too? I open my eyes and am caught off guard to see that her face has changed completely. Her cold, unpalatable gaze sucks every inch of warmth from my body. Oh, Max, you're so naive, she says condescendingly. What? I reply, completely confused. My hand slowly falls to my side. She pulls her hand away from my face in a swift motion, dragging her nails across my cheek on the way down. I don't understand. She shifts her weight and asks, Did you get it all? To someone behind me. Who is she talking to? Following her gaze, I see another man rummaging and gathering up all of our supplies. I struggle to get my eyes to adjust so I can see him. My eyes instead focus on my dad and Wiley, both unconscious, lying lifeless on the ground by the trees where they were sleeping peacefully not too long ago. Come on, Sky, we need to go. I grabbed everything worth anything. Let's get the hell out of here so we can hit, hit the next group, the man says. I stare blankly. My mind is a fog. I can't make sense of any of this. Hit the next group? What next group? Why is she doing this? What did you do? I managed to say. She acts as if I haven't said a word. Fine, but I want you to finish this one off before we, sh before we go, she replies to him and points to me. Finish me off? What the? Skylar, I don't have time for this. If you want it done, do it yourself. I can't even begin to fathom what is going on right now. I am in worse shock than I thought I was when I saw my dad shoot and kill someone, when I shot and killed someone. As I stand up, my head begins to spin, leaving me to lose my balance and stumble to the side. I catch myself on a nearby tree branch and cut my hand deeply. I look down and see blood trickling down my forearm. It's warm against my skin, and the sight of it makes my stomach queasy. I hear a slight chuckle coming from Skylar. She raises her arm and points a gun directly at me. The same gun I used to shoot and kill the man that threatened to kill her is now staring me right in the face. Dizziness overtakes me, and I fall to the ground. I'm slumped on my knees, between a tree and the most deceitful person I've ever known. I take a deep breath, and Skylar says, Anything you'd like to say, Max? An uncontrollable tear slips out of my eye, and I come to the complete realization that I'm about to be murdered by someone I've known my whole life, by someone I was beginning to trust. I look her in the eyes. Why are you doing this? The hammer clicks. Another tear finds its way down my cheek as I maintain eye contact with her. I don't know why I don't beg for my life. Maybe the utter dissatisfaction with the last 48 hours, or perhaps there is nothing worth fighting for. I swallow hard. I'm going to die.